today mm-hmm. we are going to be talking about corpse medicine. And I hope you didn't cheat and Google because in order to talk about corpse medicine today, whilst having dinner, we're going to play a game called What the F*** is Corpse Medicine Anyway? Are you ready to play? What is corpse medicine? We're pregnant. Bro, do you even I live? can't eat another One bite. is usually bigger than the other. It tastes awful. This won't hurt a Wait, bit. Why is it leaking? Did you Whoa, hear that? That's that smell. was not there yesterday. You don't have a second of it. It's totally my natural girl. Is that supposed to look like that? Don't worry. That was solid. Deadly. I'm Terrell. And I'm Iris. Welcome to Health Science for the Rest of Us, a podcast where we take a super practical look at the body, its shenanigans, and the world of fascinating ways we try and keep it healthy. This definitely won't replace a trip to your doctor's office, but it may help you make heads or tails of how to live in your body better. More important than that, this podcast will help you look like a total badass at your next Facebook debate. You did it again. We can edit that later. Let's, Let's do, do this. this. Well, hi there. We're so glad you're here. After we hadn't seen you on our Facebook page in a while, we had really started to miss you. What's that? You didn't know this podcast had a Facebook page because we hardly ever mention it. Ooh. Well, that won't do at all. How about I fix that right now and tell you to head on over to Facebook and search health science for the rest of us. That way, you'll be able to see more of our shenanigans as well as all of the bonus content we're about to start posting there. We think you'll be glad you did. Now that that's out of the way, she is in the corner thinking about what she did. So before this episode gets real and you hear some things that you can't unhear, I'm going to tell you that this week's adventure is about one of the less common branches of cannibalism, as in what you call it when people eat other people on purpose. If you're right in the middle of lunch, or if you just think this topic will be a bit much, hit pause. Do it now before it's too late. We think this episode is somewhat tame as far as bizarre health topics go, but if you do not agree, this is your last chance to jump ship. Oh good, you're still here. Since you've decided to finish this thing, I'll go ahead and give you a few quick notes before we kick it into gear. For this week's adventure, special co-host Will returned to try and have dinner while chatting about the practice of consuming human body parts for medical reasons. Because of this, you will notice the sounds of things like plates or utensils during parts of our conversation, but we promise there won't be any other extra mouth sounds like chewing or gargling, unless you include the few times when Will's beard started scratching his microphone. Sorry about that. If you're still with us, 
the last thing I'll say before cutting away to my chat with Will is that for reasons that will become clear soon, we here at Health Science for the rest of us can neither confirm nor deny that Dick Cheney is a vampire. So there's that. Let's do this thing. So I think we'll just go ahead and jump in here. Did you okay. did you bring anything to eat? You want to say anything about what you're eating? All right, I have my tiny bowl of beans. All right, I have jollof. I don't know if you can see that. Can you see it? Oh, mm-hmm. sh- I almost dropped it all on the computer. Okay, I'm just gonna sit that down. Today, mm-hmm. we are going to be talking about corpse medicine. And I hope you didn't cheat and Google because in order to talk about corpse medicine today, whilst having dinner, we're going to play a game called what the f- is corpse medicine anyway? Are you ready to play? What is corpse medicine? So the well, first- is, is corpse medicine like voodoo or something? I'm glad you asked. So before we start the actual game, I will give you a little bit of background just so that you're not flying completely blind since you did not cheat and go to Google. I'm going to give you five. Yeah. Did you cheat and go to Google? I did not. Okay. I'm going to give you five fun facts and then we're going to start the game. Fun fact number one, the term corpse medicine describes the act of eating or drinking parts of another human being's body for medical reasons. I feel like I should eat some food when I... St- okay. Okay. So let me get this straight. Cannibalism is considered medicine? In this context, yes. Because, fun fact number two, when we use the term corpse medicine or similar fancy words like medical cannibalism or medicinal cannibalism or corpse pharmacology or anthropophagy anthropophagy i practice this anthropophagy anthropophagy (laughs) we're only talking about acts that happen or that have happened in european countries because apparently when this happens in other countries it gets names like witchcraft and voodoo and shamanism or at least that's the way it looks so far as what i've been able to find in my research Fun fact number three. European corpse medicine is based on a central idea from homeopathy. And the idea is that like cures like. So if you have a problem with some part of your body, the idea is that you're supposed to cure it with some other example of that part of your body. So like if your nose is bleeding, you're supposed to put blood on it or... If you have a headache, you're supposed to put brains on your head. It's also called sympathetic magic. There's lots of fancy words. It makes no sense, but that's okay. Uh, all right. I, I'm, just, I'm just glad that I'm not completely losing my mind and thinking that this is completely and totally insane. And whoever came up with this was clearly very, very high. Uh, or something. So It's a, a wonderful time to be alive. Fun fact number four, corpse medicine may involve eating or drinking human body parts in their natural state. Or, fun fact number five, 
Corpse medicine can also involve using the human body parts in recipes, so not in their natural state. So you're talking about the difference between like eating a piece of cooked leg meat versus eating like ground up bones kind of deal? Yeah, I guess you could say that because you probably have to grind up the bones or chew up the bones. The point is you can like just eat the leg or you can like cook the leg into something, use the leg as an ingredient in something. It goes both ways. All right. (laughs) This sounds pretty gross, but we'll we'll, we'll see where this is going. Okay, so I'm going to eat another scoop and then I'm going to... Okay, now that you have all five of the fun facts about corpse medicine, are you ready to play the game? Sure. Round one of this game is called Blood is Thicker Than the Pharmaceutical Industrial Complex. I'm going to read you a statement, and it's going to set up a multiple choice question. All you have to do is try and choose the correct answer. Here we go. All right. Also, I'm going to be doing my game show voice. So please keep your laughter to yourself. (laughs) She said as she laughed at the the comment. They can't see me. Okay. Now here we go. Ancient Romans, who were into consuming people for medical reasons, sometimes drank the blood of fallen gladiators or other people who had died violently. Was this because... A... They thought they could take on the physical strength of the violent people by drinking their blood. B. They thought that if the person died fighting, the fighting spirit in their blood would help the drinker to fight diseases. Or C. They didn't know. They just liked drinking beefcake blood. We'll go with C. Oh, I am sorry. That is incorrect. (laughs) The correct answer was B. They thought that if the person died fighting, the fighting spirit in their blood would help the drinker to fight diseases. Good guess, though. You're not out of the you're not out of the game quite yet. As a side note, though, the reason they thought this was because they thought the life force was in the blood. And so if the person was strong and if they died strong, then they didn't waste any of the life force trying to fight illness or anything. And so all the life force was still in their body and you could go try and drink it up before it all escaped out of the body. They would try to drink the blood while it was still hot because they thought if the blood and the body got cold, then all the life force was gone, which is gross. <laughs> also, not, en- not entirely out of the realm of correctness, but... Uh... <laughs> uh, hard pass. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I guess it depends. Still hard pass. Uh, uh, The other thing about that is that the blood was thought to fight seizures for people who had seizures. And then at another point in history in Europe, people thought that it could cure tuberculosis. And in Italy, people thought that elderly people should drink the blood of young people in order to get young again, even if it meant drinking the blood from people who were still alive. Oh, so Dick Cheney. So there's cool. that. <laughs> no, he's, he's got other help. He's got technology help. Uh, and, and the blood of young people that he extracts nightly. You mean on his hunting trips? 
uh, I was more so referencing that he actually is a vampire. But sure, yeah, we'll go with that. If he's a vampire, then Pharrell is definitely a vampire. Pharrell is also a vampire. That is true. For sure. Okay. Are you ready for the next question in Blood is Thicker Than the Pharmaceutical Industrial Complex? Yeah, but side note. So, like, if they believed bloodletting and, like, drinking blood was a normal and okay thing, why were they even afraid of vampires? It doesn't make any sense. Probably consent. If I had to guess, I would say when you bloodlet someone, you are draining the blood out of someone else's body and they agree to let you do that because they think it will make them well. If you drink someone else's blood, you agree to do that because you think it will make you well. I think with the vampire concept, there's no consent. The vampire is taking blood from you without your permission and you will not be well. You will become unwell. (laughs) It's sort of counterproductive. Perhaps that might be a another research project. Okay. Just put that just one curious. on the yeah yeah. But I have more on the vampire thing later. No spoilers. Okay. Next question in this game about corpse medicine. In Europe, people used to sprinkle powdered blood on things like nosebleeds and other bleeds and other wounds to stop the bleeding. But they also prepared the blood into special recipes. Which of the following was one of them? Was it A, blood jam? Was it B, blood marmalade? Or was it C, blood powder, which was snorted up the nose? I'm gonna go with blood jam. Oh, missed it again. I'm sorry. The answer we were looking for was all of the above. All three of these were ways that blood was prepared as medicine. And I have recipes from history books that I will not repeat at this point. That's all right. You're, was it 0 and 2 or is it 2 and 0? It's 0 and 2. Oh and, oh You're and losing. Two. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. There's plenty of, plenty of questions to help you try and pull up your score. But as a fun side note, blood of young men and blood of female versions was thought to be the best blood. And the best, best blood was blood of so-called gingers or people with red hair or maybe who also had freckles. Because they have no soul? No, it was because they were red like blood. And so people thought that it meant that their blood was somehow redder or better. Like their hair is red and they might have dark spots on their skin. And people thought that if you were flush looking or like pink or plump or if you had any other red on you, that meant your... Don't try to apply reason to this completely unreasonable thing that they were doing. <laughs> like it's, it made sense to them for who knows why. Don't expect it to make sense to us looking back and making fun of them. So, <laughs> uh, I still maintain it's because gingers have no soup. Uh, Moving on. Uh, not everyone drank or snorted the blood. Sometimes they would, like, dip a handkerchief into the blood and wipe it on their skin. This was the other way they got the blood medicine. Nasty. So, do you have anything you'd like to say about what your strategy might be as we move into the next round? Uh, just say all of the above over and over again. Righto! Now we're on to round three. 
This round is called The Mummy Was Not Consulted on Any of Those Films. Are you ready to play? Sure. Excellent. A mummy is a corpse that has been preserved in some way. Mummies became very valuable in the world of corpse medicine because people who were into that sort of thing thought that eating them would cure all of their ails. Which of the following was the result of the mummy's popularity in use for medicines? Was it A, tomb robberies skyrocketed during the 15th century because people were doing things like curing strips of flesh into jerky-like products and then selling them? Was it B, a fake mummy market grew up in Persia that involved selling human mummies that were actually mummies made from other kinds of animals and then selling them? Or was it C, Arabia cornered the market on mummies when they figured out a way to make so-called candied men by soaking donated corpses in coffins full of honey and then selling them. All of the above. That is correct. You finally have a point. All of the above, except the one about the honey man was a rumor. It was written about, but there isn't hard evidence that this thing actually happened or that you can actually make a mummy by putting a person in a coffin full of honey. Although... Uh, I'm sure there's a reason it was a rumor. <laughs> you gotta keep it in the family, right? I mean, you know, people are weird. I don't know. I feel like if you, if you knew people would pay money for it, then you would tell people and take their money. I probably would. I mean, capitalism is king. This was even before capitalism. People were just trying to... The Dark to like Ages? Pre, I don't know if it was that far back. Pre-1600. The Crusades? I hope not. Because then there would have been all fashion of blood. I feel like... Now I have to Google this. What was the name of the period before the Great Enlightenment? Neoclassical age. No. Ben Franklin was a new movement on the this era called Enlightenment, also known as the Age of Reason. No, no. The period before. What? Hey Siri. What was the name of the period before the Enlightenment? I found Era of Silence. And geography of ancient Greece. I think she just made that up. We should just keep going. I don't know. The answer to our question is the early modern period. Yes! Now I won't have to come back and edit that later. High five. Distance five. <laughs> uh, marked at the beginning with the fall of Constantinople in 1453. Excellent. Thanks a lot, Siri. So we have another question in this round. Entitled, The Mummy Was Not Consulted on Any of Those Films. People into corpse medicine thought that mummies and mummy parts could treat ulcers, tumors, spitting up of blood, bruising, gout, plaque, poisoning, ringworm, migraine, snake bites, syphilis, sores, jaundice, joint pain, and dropping your phone in the toilet. With all of these choices in the booming mummy market at the time, how did mummy shoppers decide when a mummy was high quality? Was it A, they would squeeze part of the mummy to see if it bounced back and then check to see if it had any mold on it? Was it B, they would choose the one that smelled the best and wasn't full of bones or dirt? 
Or was it C? They would only buy organic mummy products from vendors who guaranteed tomb-to-table freshness. Hey. I'm sorry, the correct answer was B. They would choose the one that smelled the best and wasn't full of bones or dirt. Although I'm not sure how they would know it wasn't full of bones. I'm not sure how they would know at all. That's all right. What's your score now? You have one point? I have one point. That's okay. There's still more points to add because we're approaching round four. My body fat brings all the boys to the yard and they're like, and so on and so forth. Are you ready to play? Sure. Body fat, huh? Okay. I can already see where this is going. Perhaps. In the world of corpse medicine, human skin and melted human body fat were sometimes used to make medicines. Which of the following was a nickname for the body fat that was used in this way? Was it A, man grease? Was it B, man gravy? Or was it C, man oil? I'm gonna go with man oil because there's no way man gravy was a thing. Uh, so you're saying it's not man gravy. Do you have any thoughts about man grease? I, I'd say that's possible. But I didn't know grease was a term until much later, so. So you're going with C, man oil? Man oil, yeah. The correct answer was A, man grease. Very sorry. <laughs> uh, if you're interested, some of the other names were Poor Sinner's Fat and Hangman's Slave. Hangman's Slave? Hangman's Slave. Because that was where you would get the, the body yeah, fat. Yeah, yeah, that's... I, I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> how, much money, a... how much money would somebody have to pay you to give away your body after you die to be used as man grease? Uh, am I receiving the money while I'm alive? Down payment now and installments to your family after you're dead. Also, your mic is brushing up against your shirt and is noisy. Or your beard or something. It's my beard. Uh, I, I would say, I don't know, quarter million? Hmm. What about uh, what you would charge for your man oil? Which isn't a thing. <laughs> you gotta remember, uh... inflation too. It's like, if you don't die until you're like 100, quarter of a mil is not gonna be worth as much. I'd still, I'd still say the same quarter million. I think I would want all the money. Or I would want exclusive access to the drinking water. And the, and the medicine bunker. Because you know how our country has those bunkers where they put all the stockpiles of the medicines for in case there's a disaster? They're like hidden around the country. Mm-hmm. I want access to that. How many points do you have? Are you... <laughs> one. You have one point, and I think we've done five questions. I forget. I lost count. Keep me honest. From now on, how many points do you have? One? One. Okay. It still counts. Here's the next one. Like with mummies, corpse medicine fans thought human body fat could be used to treat a whole host of illnesses, such as cancer, pain, broken heart, 
fear of drinking water and rabies. Which of the following was not not one of the ways human body fat was consumed for medicine? Was it A, by rubbing it into your skin to treat gout? Was it B, by snorting it up the nose as a powder? Or was it C, by making it into a paste to use for an enema? Hmm. I'm gonna go with... They were all treatments. You are not good at this game. <laughs> Tell me why you why you picked all of them. Because at this point, like, there's been so many disturbing things about uses for people that I figured there's none of those that are out of the realm of possibility for these crazy. I'll take back what I, I take back what I said before. You're not really terrible at the game. Maybe I am getting better at making the game. This is yes. The correct answer is that they would rub the body fat onto their skin to treat gout pain. But don't feel bad because this was kind of a trick question. They did not snort powdered body fat up their nose. They would take the powdered body fat and put it on their bodies to try and treat bruising and bleeding. So that one was only half false. And then... They never used, or they did not use, the body fat paste for enemas. They used the body fat paste and mixed it with hemlock and opium to treat pain. So since there was opium in there, you can imagine that this particular remedy probably had some legs on it. Probably lasted a little longer than some of the other ones. Because in that mixture, you do have one thing that is actually active on pain. That will actually manage pain. So... And, and also make you a heroin addict, but, you know, there's that. Downside. I don't think uh, heroin came later. Heroin came later. They would have had more, like, a, a drug more close to the actual plant. Because be, before they were, you could chew the plant or you could smoke the plant, or I guess you can smash it up in a paste with fat and hemlock. I don't know what the hemlock was supposed to be for. Maybe the smell. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, but isn't, isn't hemlock lethal? Hey Siri, is hemlock toxic? Here's what I found on the web for his hemlock toxic. Have a look. Very toxic and sheep? What? I think it might be toxic if you eat it. I prepared. I prepared for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Also, you could be Googling it too. I don't have to be the only one Googling things. Poison hemlock grows throughout the United States. It is very toxic, and sheep, cattle, swine, horses, and other domestic animals are poisoned by eating it. So in this case, the people were not eating it, though. They were making it a paste and putting it on their skin. But I imagine if it's poisonous to eat, it might be also poisonous if you were to put it in an enema. But that was the one that I just made up. So if you're listening out there and you're thinking about putting hemlock putting hemlock in an enema please just don't just don't do that do you want to say or, anything to about about or, not doing or that? please do film it and send it to me i will not condone that i am going to erase that later probably with the same gusto that i used to prepare about this episode <laughs> I'm not going to take all the credit. Uh, Siri, Siri slipped this week, too. Uh, anyway, 
it's time for round five, which is called the game that everyone else calls dominoes. I will give you a bonus point if you guess what this round is about. Okay. The table game that everyone else calls dominoes. Bones. Bonus points. You are correct. Now your score is what? One, one point? <laughs> two points? My score is two. Thank you. I'm going to give you three points so we can round, so we can have a nice round number. I'll give you three points for guessing bones and now we're up to five points. Very good. Very good. Okay. Here it is. In the 17th century, people into corpse medicine would distill human bones to make spirits for treating things like gout and dropsy and stomach aches and seizures and fever and passions of the heart. Because these potions tasted like dog shit, which of the following was mixed in to help with flavor? Was it A, chocolate? Was it B, dog shit? Or was it C, more bones? More bones. It was A, chocolate. Chocolate and sometimes wine were used to give it more flavor. Before we move on though, tell me about how you chose the answer that you chose. Uh, because you said it tasted like dog shit, so it obviously couldn't be B, because that's too obvious. And I figured chocolate wouldn't have made sense because chocolate plus bones still tastes like bones. So then I went to bones. More bones. <laughs> bones plus bones taste more like bones than bones plus chocolate? Theoretically, yes. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to keep going. And your beard is still super loud. Your beard wants to be part of the episode, I think. He has a tendency to do that. <laughs> okay. All right. Human skulls were often used in corpse medicine to treat things like fever, fits, and migraines. Preparing the skulls for this purpose involved methods such as shaving the skull like a ginger root, crushing the skull into powder, and mixing it in with human brains to make pills, letting moss grow on the skull to make skull moss, bedazzling the skull to make fancy cups, and using the skull to make so-called king drops. Which of the following events caused these practices to completely fall off? Was it A, the Great Skull Famine of 1765 in which people resorted to using cow skulls instead? Was it B, protests from poor families who were tired of having their loved ones' skulls used for medicine? Or C, King Charles II taking some king's drops on his own deathbed to cure himself and promptly dying anyway? B. Why? Because a single king dying from something wouldn't make an, em an empirical enough data for someone to stop using the uh, medicine practice. And uh, the first one just seemed improbable. That is exactly what happened. King Charles was on his deathbed and decided to take some drops in order to not die and then he still died and people figured well i guess this doesn't work maybe we'll stop using that thing and keep using all these other things because there were so many things although i don't know we laugh at these people but i venture to think what people will laugh at 300 years from now things that we're doing 
This um, seems like a just terrible, terrible idea in so many levels. One day, after the great super gonorrhea call, 500 years from now, people are going to say, antibiotics, that was such a horrible idea. Why were they even, why would they even think that that would be a thing? Why would there be a gonorrhea call? I'm just curious. We already have super gonorrhea. That's another episode, though. I won't even spoil it for you. <laughs> Don't Google it. <laughs> would you like to go to the lightning round? Sure. Super gonorrhea not included. <laughs> okay. This round is called the lightning round. Sources of the name of this round was that I should have spent a few more minutes brainstorming the name of this round. In order to get human body parts and fluids for the use in medicine, people into corpse medicine would rob graves, rob tombs, pay poor people gold coins to donate whatever body parts they could, or show up at public executions. Which of the following was a common way of getting body parts from public execution events? Was it A, wait until the executioner sold the remains to the local apothecaries? Was it B, show up to the execution with a cup and ask to buy some blood while it's still warm? Was it C, bring your sick baby and ask the executioner to smear some blood on the dead people so that the baby's boils will heal? Was it D, try to get close enough to people being executed so that you can get some blood splashed on your face for free? Or was it E? I don't know what's happening. This has gotten completely out of control. Is it too late to send back this spaghetti? We'll go with that one, the last one. The correct answer was B, show up with a cup and hope to buy some blood. C, bring your sick baby and have the blood smeared on the baby. And D, try to get close enough to the people being executed so that you can get some blood splashed on you for free. I did not make that up. These things really happened. Why are you shaking your head? Because why are people so weird? (laughs) They didn't have electricity. They didn't have... Also, remember, you said yourself, it was pre-scientific method. So people were really... People were not really thinking about if things were effective based on systematically testing them. So people just kind of told them stuff and they just kind of went with it. (laughs) Yeah. What else could they do? If if somebody said that blood is the life force and that in order to live, you need to get it on you. And then if you see other people splashing blood on them and they seem healthy, you'll think, oh, maybe there's something to that blood splashing on me. And what do I have to lose? I'll just go get some of that blood. They didn't know about germs. They didn't know about like hepatitis and stuff. They didn't know that... Their brain is hardwired to only remember the people for whom this worked and to ignore all the examples of people in their lives for whom this completely did not work. They were just desperate to be well and be healthy. And I think in that way, in that way, those people were not that different from us. When you look at what people today are willing to do and willing to pay, like what, what wouldn't you pay? What wouldn't you give or try in order to save your health, save your life? Or save your kid's health or your kid's life, you know? I guess that's a fair point. But I, I would think at some point, you know, like, for example, if I were a unscrupulous person and I walked about the countryside peddling my wares of, you know, 
Flushcraft, and you know, I went to my first village and I cured quote unquote one person, but then the other ten died. Like, wouldn't your luck run out eventually? Where like those villagers would just come murder you and then be like, no, you would say, hey, hey. Those people did not follow my instructions. Or you would say, none of my patients who survived complained. I don't know. That's I think why people didn't live past 25. That's a whole nother thing. Because that's an average, right? Like the average age was 25, but it includes all the babies who died before the age of one. So if you made it past childhood because you got blood splashed on your face... <laughs> and you didn't get hepatitis. And you didn't get hepatitis. Yeah. Yeah. Or super gonorrhea or whatever, you know. Uh, or scurvy, because scurvy killed a lot of people back then. Tuberculosis killed a whole lot of people. Mm. I could see being in my village and seeing all these people die around me and somebody saying, you know, all you have to do is eat some bones. I'd be like, eating bones doesn't seem as bad as what those people have. I think I would, I don't know. I don't know what I would, I don't know. <laughs> it's a glorious time to be alive. <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily agree with glorious, but I'd say it was a uh, a difficult time to be alive. No, I mean now, not then. Oh, now yeah. is a glorious oh. time to oh, be alive. Yes. I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. We complain about our healthcare system, but I think I would challenge anyone to name any other time in history where your health care was better then than it is today. So we have reached the end of the fun game. Would you like to earn all the points by telling me something about why you think people in Europe finally gave up the whole corpse medicine thing? You don't, you don't have to answer right away because this is for all the points all the points I would say that people probably gave up corpse medicine because they discovered some kind of plant or animal that had a property that they determined to be more effective than corpses that's a very generous answer do you have a less generous answer because uh, Jesus told them not to uh, more generous in between the two things you said Give the people more credit, but not that much credit. Um, because they decided cannibalism was wrong? That would be a really good answer. What had happened was <laughs> they did not decide cannibalism was wrong. They decided that it was taboo. They decided that it was other. They decided that it was uncouth. And the reason why is because as they're starting to send explorers into these other parts of the world, they're learning about cultures and peoples in other parts of the world. And they found out that other people that they consider to be savages have different types of cannibalism. And they decided, ooh, we're not like those people. That's gross. Look what they're doing. We don't do those things. And they stopped. <laughs> this was why they stopped. And the messed up thing was... In Europe, people would consume complete strangers for their own benefit. They were eating people's body parts and blood and grave robbing and stuff for their own benefit. And these other cultures that they were turning down their nose at, 
the the eating of other people's flesh was part of funeral rituals and it was part of ideas about um, ancestor worship and um, resurrection and having the people that you love and honor be sort of um, a part of you yeah like have them be a part of you have them continue to be a part of your community live through you because you consume them after they died it was like an honored tre treasured thing in these other cultures but apparently it was it was too much <laughs> so in Europe so, they so what you're telling me is they knocked it off purely from racism <laughs> uh if I had to pick a word, maybe I would pick prejudice. Cause not all the other people. Well, yeah. Well, we'll let we'll let people decide what they what they want to decide about that. <laughs> but that was the end of corpse medicine. Yay! Yay! <laughs> it's, it's pretty macabre, I will say that, but not a surprise for me, cause you know. People are weird. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any food left? Do you want to hear two more bonus things about corpse medicine? I do not have any food left, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I... Well, I'll tell you these two things, and then the next time you try to eat something, you can think about them. Okay. So the first thing is that some people used to eat bone marrow to treat cramps, and they would eat gallbladders to relieve hearing loss and then the other the other bonus thing is that some of the pregnant women used to wear tanned human skin around their bellies because they thought it helped with labor pain tanned human skin around their bellies because it supposedly helped with labor pain yep that's what i got <laughs> them's the jokes <laughs> So there you have it. You've now got more than enough information to completely ruin the next dinner party you're invited to. Of course, if conversation about corpse medicine does not ruin that dinner party, you may want to seriously consider rethinking your friend pool, or at least be making sure that you know where all the exits are. As a final note, I know that earlier I flubbed the phrase about looking down your nose by saying turning down your nose instead. I did not notice this mistake until after the recording was done and the phrase was nested too deeply in the rest of the sentence for me to fix it and I'm sorry and please don't report me to the grammar police. As a final, final note, We'd like to thank Will for putting up with me for not one, but two podcast episodes. At the time of this recording, Will is the only special co-host we've had who has indulged me twice, and we totally appreciate it. If you'd like to hear when Will co-hosted the show the first time, you can scroll through our older adventures and check out episode 28, Adventures in Breast Milk. Well, that's all for now, and just in time for Season 4 of Kimmy Schmidt. Stay tuned, everybody! Please tell the other humans to listen to the podcast so I don't have to go back to my day job. Seriously, tell them to do that. 
and also tell them to look for us on Facebook. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Health Science for the rest of us. If you like what you heard, be a pal and spread the love by sharing this podcast with a friend. If you're not sure how or if your friend just needs some help, you can both get some quick tips from our fun YouTube tutorial. Just tap on the link in the show notes from this episode. To learn more about the show in general or to see some pretty hilarious health memes and videos, stop by our website at healthscienceforeveryone.com. We're also on Facebook in the group section and on Twitter under the name Health Science Podcast. That's all one word. For a limited time, Health Science for the rest of us listeners can save 20% on all NZT products at my online store by entering the promo code DARK42 Tower Beam Sunshine Strain. No, no, no. I told you we're not doing that. My apologies www.irisspecialtystoreforthingshumansbyclairhealth.com Iris! Sorry. I'm hitting the button now. Is that how my voice sounds? Easter egg time. Although this episode only scratched the surface of human cannibalism, and mainly focused on medical treatment, some of the humans believe that other humans throughout history may have done cannibalism for other reasons as well, such as domination, warfare, and instances of extreme starvation. If you listened to this entire episode and thought that the events we talked about sounded stranger than fiction, you are not alone. Some of the humans are skeptical about when, where, and how instances of widespread cannibalism even took place, or whether they ever took place at all, because many accounts of these acts come from writings in very old books and old pieces of artwork, and from the study of unusual cut marks found on fossilized human bones. As a result, the academic humans still work on research projects and try to uncover new evidence in order to find the truth about whether human cannibalism has ever actually existed. If you'd like to learn more about the history of humans eating other humans, and you're looking for a place to start, you can search for terms like, survival cannibalism, learned cannibalism, ritual cannibalism, or, filial cannibalism. The first part of that last one, is spelled, F-I-L-I-A-L, and it's probably the second most interesting of all the types of cannibalism we learned about while we were getting ready for this episode. Be sure to clear your browser history once you're done with your cannibalism search and listen to the end of future episodes for more Easter eggs.